You're creature of the night, Michael. Just like out of a comic book. You're a vampire, Michael. My own brother, a goddamn shit-sucking vampire. Oh, you wait till mom finds out, buddy. Sam, you wait. Sam! Stay back! Just Stay wait! Back. Let me talk! Wait a minute! Hey, cassettes, and welcome back to the Bouquet Diaries. <laughs> We're three young vampires learning everything we can about movies and TV and hopefully teaching you in the process. I'm Adam. I'm Marcy. I'm Robin. <laughs> I, pr- I wrote young this time because I was like, well... In vampire terms. Yeah, exactly. We're pretty young. We are pretty young. Yeah, yeah. In the summer of 1987, moviegoers were exposed to one of the most popular horror comedies of all time, Joel Schumacher's The Lost Boys. Yeah! This frightening yet sometimes goofy romp introduced the idea of a teenage gang of vampires living it up and having the time of their afterlives. (laughs) Much like the famed Dracula, they lived in a dark and unkempt lair, surrounded by all that pleases them. Thou shalt not kill. The Lost Boys continues to be a hit with audiences over 35 years after its release. The film is often referenced in popular media and celebrated for its take on the horror genre. So let's join in on the fun. Ride with us to Santa Carla, California, the supposed murder capital of the world, according to some spray paint on a billboard. (laughs) We'll sleep all day and party all night and learn about how fun it is to be a vampire. Yes! So this was Adam's first time ever watching this movie. Yes. I think it had been mentioned before Mm -hmm. around these parts, perhaps on this very show. (laughs) But I had never seen it, and boy, let me tell you (laughs) about it. You have some thoughts, huh, Adam? It was possibly the most 80s movie (laughs) to ever 80s, ever, (laughs) because it had the music Uh and the atmosphere and the clothes and the vibe and the attitude of every 80s movie you've ever seen all wrapped into one. Yeah. And it was a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Beautiful, you say? I didn't say that. Just like the vampires? I'm just kidding. It was just, I just, I, I, I honestly had no expectations. Yeah. I had no clue what it was about because yeah. you said it's a it's a horror movie, but it's not really scary, and yeah. that was all yeah. you said. Yeah, yep. I didn't even know that it was meant to be funny, <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like it really threw me for quite a loop. <laughs> I didn't because it just kept being weird yeah. the whole time. I was just like, yes. yeah. I mean, I don't know. So many people love this movie. Yeah. This is like mm-hmm. one of those. Yeah, like you grew up the with cult. it type thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, favorites. And I remember when I was a kid, I did not watch this movie because mm-hmm. I was not allowed mm-hmm. to watch this nice. movie. It is R rated. Yeah, yeah, my siblings watched it, and I, when I caught glimpses of it, okay, I would ask them like, mm-hmm. "Why can't I watch this movie? Yeah. I've seen Stand by Me. Yeah, oh, and yeah, that's, yeah. that's rated R, and also has two of these main actors in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like, I recognize them. Yeah, I remember walking by and going, "That's Corey Feldman," and they'd be like, "Shoo, shoo, you can't watch this movie. This is, you know. 
There's uh, suggestive scenes. Quite. Yep. I mean, you know, vampires are quite sexy. You know, yeah. So. His bed is filthy, too. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Grief. That's one thing I love about 80s movies. 80s, 80s movies bedrooms. Like, the teens yeah. in 80s yeah. movies, their bedrooms are always... They're just disgusting. Like, and I love yeah. that. You know, because yeah. it's so real. It's yeah. So, but like, you know, see, watch it, movies from like mm, earlier. Yeah. It's usually the kids have like pretty clean rooms. Yeah. But in like 80s movies, it's yeah. it's unbelievable. It, it's past just a few things on the floor and a yeah. few things on the bed. It's it's like yeah, actually yeah. like ooh. an yeah. actual mess. Yeah. Yeah. Like when he lands on the bed after becoming a vampire. Yes. And he has like slow motion, like flops in the bed, and like the mm-hmm. sh- the sheet has been ripped up off the, mm-hmm. you know, and you can yep. see the mattress, and like just it's so gross and so gritty. <laughs> and it's like, yes, that's a teenage boy's bedroom, absolutely. <laughs> yep. I a hundred percent believe that. Yeah. Well, Marcy, you grew up with a lot of boys. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's true. You and probably there, saw a lot. There of that. was, in fact, a lot of clothes everywhere, and, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Uh, not yeah. What yeah. even is a hamper? Stuff and yeah, honestly, <laughs> yeah. right. I see the cultural influence yeah it has now mm-hmm. that i now that i've seen it i'm like oh i get yeah i get where the whole like this type of vampire yeah. thing can yeah because this is not this ain't your daddy's vampire <laughs> like, this isn't dracula yeah this, this is not no, even a little no. bit like yeah there are some vampire rules at, yeah exactly at they stick to yeah. the regular vampire rules. but yeah but the, it's in such a expectation subverting way <laughs> yeah. yeah and it, yeah. <laughs> it knocked me around I'll, yeah. I'll say that it was it was quite an interesting watch but yeah it ended up being pretty enjoyable it really plays on the you know like the sexuality of vampires yeah, yeah. yeah. and how you know the whole idea of the vampire movie in the beginning was kind of just innuendos for sex and you know those kinds of stories right and then it also kind of adds another layer of a little bit of social commentary Mm -hmm. with these boys are actually lost these are actual lost children Mm -hmm. you know that have been turned into vampires and have been essentially kind of left behind and are wallowing in this dark cave you know and no one's taking care of them like we can do whatever we want and we live forever and Mm -hmm. that's that because in the 80s that was like kind of when you know, the boy in the milk carton thing kind of started. Yeah. Right. Like, Which they really pushed in this movie. Yeah. I mean, they, they like specifically tur- even turn even turn one of the milk times, cartons, I think. Yeah. yeah. To show the missing. Yeah. yeah. So for those of you out there who haven't seen this movie, I believe you can find it online or get it from the library. Yeah. Or DVD somewhere. Go yeah. check it out. Here is a summary for you. Sam and his older brother, Michael, have just moved into Santa Carla, California with their newly divorced mom. While staying with their grandfather, the boys try to find their place amongst the teenagers that live in the town and crowd the boardwalk each night. Michael immediately falls in love with a girl named Star, who is part of a mysterious gang that hangs out underground and only comes out at night. In an attempt to impress her, Michael gives in to the pressure of the gang's leader and drinks an unknown liquid, causing him to undergo some serious physical changes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what? That's another what thing. Like, don't don't take drinks from people, kids. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Star even tries to warn him. She's she like, says, "It's blood." She says, "It's blood." He goes, "Yeah, right." And then he just takes a swig mm-hmm. of it. Meanwhile, Sam befriends a couple of boys that are convinced that vampires walk among them, and they believe these undead fiends are responsible for a string of murders and missing children. 
Just as Sam begins to believe in the existence of vampires, he realizes that his brother is becoming one. Yeah. I think that's honestly the biggest catalyst for him to believe in them. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know? yeah. Well, yeah, his brother, I mean, it's so quick. He get, he drinks the blood and then he looks in the mirror and he's like, bro, your reflection is disappearing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that same night. Too. Yeah. yeah. And the the two boys that he meets at the mm-hmm. comic shop, yeah, which is a great scene, by the way, because he like <laughs> they're like, "What do you know?" And he like explains all of comics to them, basically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's like, "Oh, well, this is Superman number this that." No, you can't have it. You can't sit here with the other. <laughs> you know, total yeah. nerd speak. Yeah, and it totally wins them over, which is hilarious. But <laughs> then they try to get him to read this the vampire comic, and he's like, mm-hmm. "Oh, I don't like horror comics." Yeah, but it turns mm-hmm. out to be like their field guide. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> which is very <laughs> funny. Like, to the vampire, it might yeah. save a life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's another thing. I loved how confident those two were. <laughs> yeah, but they, but I, they never said that they had actually done this before. <laughs> yeah, they were just. We know how to kill vampires, and we will do it. Yeah, and but they, they yeah. But yep. you haven't. You <laughs> act just, like you've done it for years. So we're going to talk a little bit about the making of the movie. All right. Ooh, something different. <laughs> I wasn't going to make the joke this time, but that ah. was really good. That was really good. <laughs> Thank you. Writers Janice Fisher and James Jeremias developed the original story for The Lost Boys. It was an alternate universe to the one in J.M. Barry's Peter Pan, taking its name from the gang of children living in Neverland under Peter's leadership. The screenplay was a more family-friendly story than the one that eventually made it to the big screen. Richard Donner, the director known for the movies like The Goonies and Superman, was originally set to direct. But he was offered Lethal Weapon and decided to take the role as producer instead. Donner's wife, Lauren, had worked with Joel Schumacher on one of his previous films and only had positive things to say about him. This made Donner consider him for The Lost Boys. Very nice. Good choice. Yeah, Richard Donner. Hey, Donner. I do kind of wish... Though that we had both. Oh, you want to see <laughs> like, the G-rated? I, I, I would kind of like to see uh, the yeah. the more Goonies esque yeah. version, yeah. just because I don't know, it'd be interesting. Why not? I think yeah. it would have been cool too, because it's exactly what I expected from this movie when I was a kid. Yeah, and I had found out about it and saw that Corey Feldman was in it. My yeah. immediately th- oh, the Goonies. Yeah, but, yeah, but vampires, you know. Yeah, right. I mean, in a way, it does still kind of fit. Like, yeah, it does mm-hmm. feel similar yeah but it also has a lot more horror elements that a movie like a goonies level movie wouldn't have mm-hmm. yeah and they say f a lot <laughs> yeah <laughs> so. it's a little more true to life because i remember being a kid and thinking wow two f words makes an r-rated movie right yeah and i'm in sixth grade mm-hmm. and i know kids that say it all day long on the, on the right, playground. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was like, it's so unrealistic that a movie about kids wouldn't have the F word in it all yeah. the time. Yeah. Right. Oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Canton, then president of Warner Brothers, took Schumacher out to lunch and asked him if he would be interested in directing a vampire movie. At that time, the plot was much more child friendly, which made Schumacher hesitant to accept the job. Yeah. It wasn't his typical kind of film. <laughs> yeah. When Joel ultimately considered the possibilities of the film, he agreed to give it a chance. At that point, Jeff Bohm was hired as a screenwriter to revise the script, which was already almost a decade old at the time. Joel Schumacher was originally a fashion designer before he became a filmmaker. He created cutouts of what he thought the costumes should look like and showed them to Donner. 
The styles were very innovative for the time, with outfits that had never appeared in mainstream films before. This made Richard Donner confident that he had chosen the right director for the movie. Mm, yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And they're wacky. <laughs> <laughs> because you have, the, like, these vampires are what you'd expect from an 80s gang yeah. turned up to 11. <laughs> right? They ride motorcycles, yep. they wear lots of leather, mm -hmm. and they are messing with everyone yeah. in that yep. way where they just, like, knock trash cans over <laughs> you know what i mean they're yeah. just like yeah. just they're the personification of these damn kids yeah. exactly kids yep. these days the exactly yeah. exactly but way worse one yes. because they know yeah. they can't really get in trouble yeah and two they're like you know they're immortal so <laughs> yeah. what, what are they gonna do they're what just, are you gonna do and then specifically <laughs> with regards to the outfits mm -hmm. the leader has the leather jacket that you'd yeah. expect but the rest of them are kind of like more yeah. torn up than usual mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like as if they were in some kind of hair band yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know so yeah. it fits in so that's why i say this movie is so distilled 80s yeah <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> you know they took the kids the actors and the story and they placed them in a real place right yeah. they're in yeah. santa cruz but like you know they changed the name yeah. they're in a real place they're showing real footage mm -hmm. of yeah. kids on the street Yep. And the at the time, punk fashion and punk counterculture was mm. it, it was kind of prevalent among teenagers. Yeah. yeah. And so that's these outfits are far more geared toward that. But mm. a lot of mm. movies that came before it, the kids didn't dress like that. Right. Yeah, no. You know, you watch a movie like Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm -hmm. You know, these are all kids that live in a suburb. Yeah. And, and they're all yeah. kind of well off. And they, yeah. they're, they you know, and they very dress preppy like and, it. And, yeah. yeah. Like you don't usually see, you didn't mm -hmm. see characters like this. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, uh, Michael and Sam mm -hmm. are that. Yeah. Yeah. They they, they come, come from, from that a suburb kind of probably yeah. mm -hmm. in you know yeah they yep. look like they shop at the mall exactly and yeah. the other kids look like they shop at out of garbage cans like wherever you know? they can <laughs> right it's it's yeah. like they shop at the mall and they cut the the leather jackets in half and then they sew them back together with safety pins you know yeah. like that yep. that's mm -hmm. what they're wearing yep as filming began the comedic points in the movie were made up on the spot. The comedy confused Warner Brothers, and they would ask Schumacher if he were making a horror film or a comedy. He responded with <laughs> yes every time. Brilliant. <laughs> the executives seemed unsure about the combination of those two genres and weren't sure that horror comedy would work. You kidding me? Yeah. I can't yeah. even believe that I was know, a question. Right? Are you kidding me? Yeah. I can't. I mean, of course they work. Of course those are like they two, work. Those are like two genres that are like basically wrapped around each other. Yeah. Yeah. Nowadays. Especially now. Especially Dude. now. Yeah. yeah. Anything, any kind of mainstream horror-esque thing, like I, I, I immediately think of the latest iteration of Wednesday, mm -hmm. yeah. the Adams Family, was was that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, it leaned yeah. heavily into comedy, but it still had its horror yeah. elements. Right. And that's why it was so popular. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? So yeah, obviously but... way more besides that, but that's the one that immediately comes to mind in yeah. recent times. Horror comedies have gained popularity in recent years, but they weren't very big in the 1980s. There's often a thin line between what scares us and what makes us laugh. When a horror film goes a little too far, shows a little too much blood, or presents a plot too unbelievable, audiences might find it funny. Because laughing can be a natural release of anxiety, the combination of horror and comedy works really well. That makes a lot of sense. Yep. 
this is just something that people like, and of course it works. But when you explain it like that, it's like, you know, it, this is like scientifically <laughs> going to work yeah. Yeah. because of how closely related mm -hmm. the two reactions mm -hmm. are. Cinematographer Michael Chapman was a big fan of old cheesy vampire movies. And even though he had left cinematography, he jumped at the chance to be director of photography on The Lost Boys. Chapman had worked on movies like Taxi Driver and Raging Bull before this film. Very serious movies. Yeah. For sure. The Lost Boys was primarily shot on location in Santa Cruz, California. Joel Schumacher believed that if there were teenage vampires in the 1980s, they would probably live in Santa Cruz with that glorious boardwalk. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's a good place to yeah. find them. But I'll say that I... <laughs> don't think I'd hang out there <laughs> because I was just like just watching it. I yeah. was like, there's yeah. too many people. Yes. I would it would be too much yeah. for me. It would be so great for a vampire though. Yeah. Yeah. You'd probably get true. a lot of people visiting like mm -hmm. vacation type wise. A lot of nightlife. Sure. Um, yeah, and exactly. so you, you can just blend into the nightlife and yep. then so many victims. Yeah. Because yeah. like if you're if you're purposefully going to a place to expect it, like an amusement park, for example, mm -hmm. yeah. you know you're going to run into crowds and you're mm -hmm. ready to deal with it or whatever. Yeah. But but going to this boardwalk is just like a public place. Yeah. You don't yeah. have to pay to get in or anything. No. And it's just like I am anxious <laughs> watching this. So yeah. Yeah. But yeah, perfect place for vampires. Mm -hmm. In the opening, the characters are driving through the town. The extras in these shots were regular people just hanging out in the street. The city of Santa Cruz did not want to be connected to the crime that happens in the movie, so they asked the production to change the name of the town in the film. So the movie takes place in the fictional city of Santa Carla. Mm-hmm. I get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Murder like, capital of the world. Like, <laughs> if it just took place in Santa Cruz, I don't think they'd worry too much. Yeah. But they specifically point out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of murder happening right in murder. this city in particular. Yeah. Yes. And they're yeah. probably like, mm, we don't like yeah. that. Yeah, lots of missing children, lots of murder. Yeah, yeah bad lots times. of punks. Why would know? anyone live here? <laughs> Two Warner Brothers sound stages were also used. One housed the cave where the Lost Boys hung out, and the other was the home that Sam and Michael stay in with their mom and grandfather. The sets were created by production designer Bo Welch. He's worked on several films since, including Edward Scissorhands. Oh, no. He's also married to the Catherine O'Hara. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool, huh? Gotta love it. Nice connection. Yeah. yeah. The comic book store featured in the movie was a real shop. The vampire comics that the kids read, however, were created specifically for the movie. Ah, rats. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It looked like a really cool comic shop, it though. Did. Just wall-to-wall -wall comics. Yeah. No BS. Yep. I even... Yeah, I had like bins of comics. Yeah, <laughs> I imagine like it was locally owned and they walked in there with their film crew and they're like, hey, can we like shoot a movie in here? Mm -hmm. And they were like, hell yeah, you can. Sure. Yeah, what kind of movie? It's a vampire movie. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. And you have a comic you made up. Take uh, all the yeah. time you yeah. need. How, yeah. Especially because usually they pay people uh -huh. when they do stuff like that. It's like, hey, we'll pay you this much money to use your comic shop. Yeah. The costumes in The Lost Boys reflect the punk counterculture of the 1980s. All throughout the film, you can see kids with dyed hair and mohawks wearing leather bands and long coats in the California sun. Sam, one of the main characters, wore clothes that stood out against the backdrop of his new home, which signified that he did not want to move there. Mm -hmm. He's got like yeah. the nice long 
coat. Yeah. Yep. Right, and it's got right. like way too much white in it. You yeah. Know? <laughs> like, yeah. He's very clean. Way too much light colors. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Greg Canham was in charge of the special effects makeup for the vampires. He grew up loving horror, especially creature features. Specifically, a 1963 episode of the sci-fi TV series The Outer Limits inspired him to pursue a career in special effects makeup. You don't hear much about The Outer Limits. Not nearly as much as you hear about The Twilight Zone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Dick Smith, the makeup artist responsible for The Exorcist, was also a huge influence on Canham. He started practicing with makeup as a high schooler and later when he attended college. In the mid-1970s, he worked with the well-known artist Rick Baker. The two men worked together on a film called The Fury in 1978. Canham's vampires in The Lost Boys fulfilled Joel Schumacher's vision of sleek monsters. The teenagers never completely change, they just become more intimidating versions of themselves. Canham designed contact lenses that become the focal point of the makeup. Contacts that changed the look of a character's eyes were rare at the time, and very, very uncomfortable. The actors could only wear them for three or four minutes because they completely blocked all oxygen from hitting the eyes, making them dry out. When Kiefer Sutherland cries in the film, it's because the contacts were making his eyes water. I think even now you're really not supposed to wear them for, for more very long, than yeah. yeah so many hours yeah because it really they really do like mm-hmm. dry out your eyes even the current ones <laughs> so pass yeah but I, they I, look they look really cool in the film that is <laughs> yep, true that is true because maybe if vampires with glasses wouldn't worked out so well. <laughs> uh, Wait, let me put on my are. scary eyes. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> now you can be scared. <laughs> Each actor also wore custom fangs that were designed by Canham. The teeth were understated versions of the ones we see in classic vampire films, and Canham really wanted them to look smooth like pearls. These really, it's, they just are pointier versions of our canines. Like, that's basically what they are, and I love that. Mm -hmm. There was a wire in each tooth making them very strong, and they hooked onto the actor's real teeth. Canham's version of vampires was pretty groundbreaking and helped revitalize the vampire's subgenre of horror. His makeup design was inspired by an old newspaper clipping of a tennis player. The photo was faded and made the cheekbones and forehead of the player's face seem more pronounced. This gave him the idea for the makeup used on the characters in their final vampire forms. Yeah, it's kind of just like a yeah. little bit of extra like skin mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah, almost. like the prosthetics are yeah. kind of, it's almost like their brows are like super furrowed and yeah. like their cheekbones are like really high mm-hmm. and yeah. like you could see, you know, like yeah. this. Yeah. It's, it's like in the middle of like a scrunch scream kind of like yeah. face, yeah. but it's permanently their face yeah Yeah. so then when they do get the angry it's like even more yes yes and like vampires have always been sexy but for this movie it was like (laughs) yeah how do we make them sexy for today like how yeah yeah you know what are yeah yeah. teenagers into right now? yes like we're gonna cast all these real you know attractive young men to Mm -hmm. play these characters it's like okay now how you All know right. yeah. that, that's what how do we not baseline. hide their beauty because <laughs> right. yeah. there's this whole thing of the vampires being alluring almost yes. like yeah. almost like they're not forcing their victims it's mm-hmm. almost like they're 
pulling their victims and they're yes. tempting their victims yep. Yep. because they don't know they're about to become a victim yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. And that the the like classic vampire wouldn't have worked on any kid. Yeah. Right? So it had to be what would a victim be attracted to right. now. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, like, if Dracula showed up at a convenience store today, uh -huh, uh -huh. people would probably yeah. laugh at him. Yeah. Because yeah. he would look ridiculous, mm -hmm. like the 1930s version of Dracula. Yeah. It's like yeah. you gotta kind of make them look attractive to people yeah. now. Mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know? Plants or things evolve, especially yeah. like especially like carnivorous plants. They attract their prey because they can't move yeah yeah it's the same thing like they're specifically yeah. designed to work on this exactly. prey yeah. Yeah. yeah but what's interesting though is joel schumacher talks about how you know um a lot of the other monsters aren't really beautiful they're not like you know yeah. sexy like a vampire is he brings up you know i think the black lagoon mm -hmm. um you know wolfman wolfman all that kind of yeah. stuff but what's interesting is that in twilight they do kind of make the werewolves sexy at least before they become wolves here's the thing though <laughs> yeah werewolves are i mean i wouldn't say that they're as sexy as vampires yeah but they still kind of follow the same yeah. beats like they still abduct women that's they still, true they still bite they yeah, still that's you know a good what point I mean? that's a and good like point. a lot of Men depicted in romance stuff mm -hmm. have a lot of hair. I was, like, I was gonna, hair yeah, is that's not true. You know. I was gonna well, say Joel Schumacher did not think hair was sexy. Well, so he's well. <laughs> not the target audience. I know, I know. I just find it so funny. I, I was gonna say that it's kind of like two two sides of the same coin. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Because obviously it's more nuanced than this, but you could yeah. ballpark two kind of like men levels where w yeah, one yeah. is like this. Like lumberjack men, yeah, or like secret agent men. Mm. I don't know, like just like <laughs> yeah. you know, a lot more like straight, yeah. clean kind yeah. of stuff. Well, see, it's the thing. Like werewolves will tear you apart, right? right? Mm -hmm. Whereas vampires, it's more like a gentle thing, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they mm -hmm. just bite your neck and drain your blood. That's, That's also you, a lot of. There's a lot of sexual you, innuendo. In yeah, it. yeah. You, you take the death part out, and yep. you're left exactly. with yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, That's true. Mm -hmm. The special effects makeup team created casts of the actors' faces. The prosthetics were hand-sculpted from foam latex and painted with PAX paint, which is a very strong adhesive makeup. Canham was blown away by how well the young actors dealt with the heavy makeup and prosthetics. Man, I, we, we talk about this in nearly every movie with these kinds of effects in mm -hmm. it, where the actors have to sit for hours to get their makeup on yep. and stuff like that. And I just, I have a hard time imagining it. Yeah. I, yeah. I feel like, I, I feel like I want to sit through it once to yeah. like see. And then, but at any point I could just say, okay, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Not actually have yep. to sit for the three to, hours yeah. or, or more. <sighs> because oh, I just man. like, I want to know how difficult is it? Because it yeah. sounds horrific but i am Ugh. curious as to how how it works i love dressing know? up so much i want to do it yeah i, I want to sit in chair yeah. and transform i think that'd be so cool yeah i think it would be very cool yeah he said that Kiefer sutherland told him when he was like doing the cast for his face yeah Kiefer sutherland was like don't tell anybody but i'm 17 i told them i was 18 <gasps> don't tell anybody oh and um and he said that he thought to himself he was like how am i gonna turn this child into a vampire like oh my god <laughs> this oh little kid goodness. like you know he was so he was like he was so sweet and cute they feel 
a lot more adult in the yes. movie. Yeah, they really do. The Lost Boys didn't have a large budget, so there weren't a lot of special effects that the production could afford. Because of this, we don't see the vampires in full until late in the film. Early on, there are shots from the vampires' perspective as they swoop down and snatch up their prey, which Schumacher found to be more frightening anyway. I mean, we always learn, yeah. don't show the monster right yeah. away. I, you know? yeah. I was actually, I was like, that's cool <laughs> that they're yeah. doing this, like yeah. whether it was a budget mm -hmm. choice or not, because... I don't know. It did feel yeah. it felt very creepy. Yep. Plus, yeah. who doesn't want to rip off some first person? Uh, you know, the top of a convertible, right? right. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the Lost Boys benefits from a fantastic cast, including a group of teen stars at the beginning of their careers. Jason Patrick plays Michael. Jason came on the first day that Joel was auditioning. He had just turned eighteen and was serious about his acting. He had the looks and the talent, but he did not originally want the part. His manager and Schumacher had to take about six weeks to convince him. He's been in several films since Lost Boys and is still acting today. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, he, I like, think he, he thought it was going to be an ex, exploit movie, exploitative yeah. movie. Yeah. Oh, I see. Where it was just like gore for the sake of gore, mm -hmm. like that kind of thing. Yeah. And just vampires, just horror. Yeah. They yeah. want that. Corey Haim plays Sam, the younger brother. Corey was just 13 and had done a film called Lucas. This is the first movie to star him with Corey Feldman, which would begin them as a famous duo. Oh, the two yeah. Corys. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Diane Weist plays their mother, Lucy. Schumacher had her in mind for the role from the beginning and was thrilled that she said yes. I love her. She's yeah. so sweet. So sweet. Diane had just won an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress in Hannah and Her Sisters. Barnard Hughes plays the grandpa. Schumacher said he was perfect for the role and so much fun to work with. He was a Broadway and theater actor that became known for his character acting, especially from the 1978 production of Hugh Leonard's Da. This character is ridiculous. <laughs> I love him. Yeah. I mean, just his introduction. He's so funny. <laughs> In one of my favorite moments, he shows off this sweet restored car that he's got. He's <laughs> like, oh, yeah, look at that. And he's like, he, you know, Sam gets in with him. He starts like, oh, you got to let it warm up. Listen to that, yeah. baby. It sounds awesome. And he's like, here we go. We're going to go to town. And then he just gets out. Okay, let's go to town. Yeah, we having fun or what? I thought we were going to town. Uh, that's as close to town as I like to get. Yep. He, he <laughs> turns as, off the engine. That's as close to town as I want to be. And I'm like, <laughs> wow. You see as soon as the, the engine goes off, <laughs> Sam's face just like drops. Yeah, Aww, yeah. Man. It's yeah. so it's so good. I love it. And then and then the actual car that he drives to town is that like yeah. absolute junk <laughs> truck, like truck that thing. looks like it's just pieced together with stuff. <laughs> Tape and nails. Yeah. And it, it, that in that horn, that classic La Cucaracha horn, yeah. but it doesn't quite work. <laughs> it's great. He's a classic grandfather character. Yeah. It's really good at being mm -hmm. like the grand the kooky mm -hmm. grandpa. Yep. Yeah. I yeah. love it. Corey Feldman and Jameson Newlander were the frog brothers. Oh. Yeah. 
Corey Feldman had stayed good friends with Richard Donner from his directing in The Goonies. And Donner called him up for this role and told him he would be perfect for it. He was. Yeah. He was right on. <laughs> yeah. Jameson Newlander had Schumacher as a guest in the acting class he was taking, and this gave him the confidence to go in for the audition, especially since Schumacher had answered one of his questions. Aww, it was kind of like he was like, I kind of know this guy. Like, I think we made on eye contact kind of thing. Yeah, you know, like, I can yeah. work with this. It could work. Yeah. <laughs> Feldman and Newlander were told that they were the G.I. Joes of the movie. They were to take themselves very seriously. Feldman was even told to watch all of the Rocky and Rambo type movies to model his character after. Oh yeah, baby. <laughs> yes. I mean, you could just stuff. hear it. Yes. See, like, the... you, they do like the war paint mm -hmm. and the, and the red like yes. thing tied around his head. They're my favorite part of this movie. <laughs> They're the part of this movie that makes me feel like it, it's like the leftover part from the original kidified yeah. movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cause these two are goofy, but they're they take things very seriously. And they're like vampire hunters. Hey, poor garlic on that guy's spaghetti. Yeah. Like, this will work. Yeah. yeah. We'll get yeah. This we'll is, get him. This will get him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is just our cover. We're dedicated to a higher purpose. We're fighters for truth, justice, and the American way. Right. I mean, they're so, like... In a real world, they would be, like, really ridiculous. But they're so right in this one. Mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> this movie, yeah. they make sense. Everything yeah. they say is Every correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jamie Gertz plays Star. Schumacher had envisioned a blonde, pixie-like character for Star. But thankfully, Jason Patrick had pushed for Jamie, as they had done a play together previously. One thing that happened early on in the movie mm -hmm. that I was just like, what's happening right now mm -hmm. <laughs> is they go to the boardwalk and yep. there's like a concert happening. Yes. Okay. Yes. This is yeah. when this is when Star and them it I think Star first, but then kind of everyone is introduced in this scene. Yeah. Or they meet Michael. And She's just dancing mm -hmm. to the music. Doing her own thing. Which by the way, this band sounds great and they're oh, absolutely yeah. crazy. The guy that's in that band, yeah. that was Tina Turner's saxophone player. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. he is, like, buffety buff. He's so buff yep. and oily. But yeah, he's, they oiled but, him down. But he's putting on the best show that oh, yeah. that boardwalk has ever seen. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Anyway, when they show Star dancing and then Michael spots her out of the crowd, yeah. yep. he just, like, does the teenage boy thing that drives uh, me insane, where he just stares at her. Yeah. And you can see... How awkward it is. Yeah, she's, she's like, like, stop. She wants to keep dancing, she's but like, she's like, stop ah. looking at me now, please. <laughs> I guess eventually it turns out fine Yeah, between the two okay. of them, but it starts out like, bro. Yeah. I, I get I get that he was like awestruck by her. Yeah. yeah. She's very beautiful. Yeah. But. Come on, bro. Come on. Bro. bro. <laughs> Just go say hi, dude. Yeah. Kiefer Sutherland plays David, the leader of the teen vamps. Kiefer had just wrapped his first U.S. film, which was Stand By Me. Yay! He had also finished At Close Range, where he had a close-up in the film. Mm. <laughs> Schumacher saw this close-up and wanted him to audition. Uh -huh. yeah. 
Schumacher said that Kiefer was a great character actor, and that even though he has the least amount of dialogue in the film, his presence shines throughout the entire film. Yeah, you would never even realize that he had the least amount of dialogue. That's crazy, actually. Yeah, he's so intense. I love him so much. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I almost don't believe that. Yeah. Just because it doesn't feel like that at all. Because he's just. just Yeah, he's so clearly the leader Mm -hmm. of this group and does, like, basically does the transformation of Michael and all that. Yeah. That's that's crazy. Mm -hmm. Oh, those maggots. (laughs) Maggots, Michael. You're eating maggots. How do they taste? Edward Herman plays Max, though you may know him better as the grandpa from Gilmore Girls. Yeah. Yeah. Schumacher really needed a nice guy to play Max, someone you would not suspect as the character that is more domesticated and also a mix of whimsy and scary. The other Lost Boys were played by Chance Michael Corbett, who was the youngest. He played little laddie. And then there was Brooke McCart. Billy Worth, and then, of course, you may recognize Alex Winter. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Bill and Ted's Excellent when Adventure. I, when Bill I saw Ted. him, I was yep. Bill, <laughs> what are you doing here? Because, you know, I didn't know I didn't know who to expect. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know. Because I didn't even look. I didn't look up anything. Nice. I just yes, went into this the movie blind. Yep. The only thing I saw was the cover. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I didn't, like, yep. I didn't yep. inspect it or anything. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was yeah. just like, and then actually, <laughs> and then Corey Feldman and Corey Haim, like, yeah. like what? so <laughs> many. <laughs> they keep coming. Yeah. So it was pretty cool. Yeah. One of the things that makes the Lost Boys stand out is the eerie score and soundtrack filled with recognizable songs. As you mm-hmm. two sang earlier, yeah. right? Well-known composer Thomas Newman wrote the score. Newman has since composed films like Finding Nemo and A Series of Unfortunate Events. He's one of the most well-known composers in Hollywood. Thomas Newman is a really good composer, and he has done a lot of movies. You've definitely heard his music. Mm -hmm. He wrote the score for several Pixar movies like Finding Nemo and Mm -hmm. Wall-E. During the opening of the movie, we hear a cover of The Doors, People Are Strange by Echo and the Bunnymen accompanied by Ray Manzarek, the original keyboard artist for The Doors. Schumacher wanted the song in the movie because he felt like the Lost Boys would identify with Jim Morrison's music. So he asked Manzarek to re-record the song with the new artist. Yeah, it's a Doors song being sung by Echo in the Bunny. Yeah, Yeah. very interesting. Cry Little Sister, the Lost Boys theme, was written for the film by Mike Minieri and Gerard McMahon. The song was a hit and made it all the way to number 15 on the Billboard Top 200. Ooh. This is the weird, like, Ten Commandments song. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I mean, yeah. it sounds like Ten Commandments. So not Whatever. <laughs> Insert any sin. <laughs> oh, boy. It's quite weird because it keeps coming back. Yes. Yes. And I'm, like, never ready for it. And there's, like, it's anytime there's, like, a song with like a children's choir in it mm-hmm, randomly mm-hmm. is creepy. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. It's it's such a it's such a juxtaposition for this movie. Yeah. 
I think it's yeah. meant to be jarring. And it feels religious, which is yeah, such an yeah. interesting thing, right? Yeah. Because it's the vampires. Yep. And it's almost, you know, it's like he's joining a cult, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's it feels like reverent and religious. And it's yep. just this odd. Because he yeah. drinks the blood. And this is when you hear the song again. Yeah. Yeah. And like everything's like getting woozy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which it's like, I'm sorry. I would not have drunk. Like, I mean, he literally <laughs> just saw worms and maggots, maggots mm-hmm. and then saw it as regular food. Like, if I'm seeing that kind of crazy crap. And then somebody offers me a drink before I, that that is even happened. I'm like, no, no, yep. thank you. <laughs> yeah, but he wanted to be cool, man. I know. He wanted peer pressure. He wanted to be. He wanted he Star wanted to star. like him. That he was bad. trying to impress Star. I know. I'm not a teenager. But like teenage boy. I my guess. <laughs> my first thought, like he, you know, because at the beginning when he sees Star and he starts to talk to her, yeah, and he follows her, and then she gets on the back of David's bike, yeah. Mm-hmm. In my mind, I'm like, well, she's off the, yeah, she's I off know, the market, dude. Right? Yeah. What are you doing? You yeah. can't chase her but anymore, bro. He's no good for her, Adam. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't want to yeah. get stabbed. <laughs> like, all right, now we're gonna talk a little bit about the reception that this movie received and some of its lasting impact. All right. The Lost Boys had a domestic gross of over $5.2 million on its opening weekend, placing it at number two. Ooh. In the end, it generated domestic revenue of almost $32.2 million, with a budget of only $8.5 million. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it kind of smashed it. Yeah. yeah. It did a great job. We mentioned how low the budget was, and yeah. that is pretty low. This is not like a movie that was a flop. Yeah, and then rose yeah. to fame later. It was po- pretty popular immediately. Uh-huh. Yeah. The movie has a 77% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes based on, funny enough, 77 reviews. Ooh, huh. all right. With an average rating of 6.4 out of 10. The general consensus among critics is that the movie is, quote, flawed but eminently watchable. Joel Schumacher's teen vampire thriller blends horror, humor, and plenty of visual style with standout performances from a cast full of young 1980s stars. Yeah, this is definitely a rewatchable movie. This is a movie you can watch with your friends. Mm-hmm. This is a movie that you can watch at a party. Yeah. It's silly, but yeah. it's got those elements of, of horror in it. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely a horror movie, but it's not going to keep you up at night. Yeah, exactly. And that's yeah. why I was cool with this one. Yep, exactly. It, it gets low on the scare meter. <laughs> In his review of Lost Boys, Roger Ebert gave it two and a half stars out of four while appreciating the photography and, quote, a cast that's good right down the line. However, he ultimately called the movie an ambitious entertainment that starts out well but ends up selling its soul. Interesting. Aww, which I'm, wow. Yeah. It, it, huh. What does he mean by huh. that? I don't know because... Ends up selling his soul. Because I, huh. because I feel like it did... You know, sure, maybe there's some weirdness to the end, the finale, mm, yeah. and it does kind of abruptly mm. just like, and yeah. it's over. Maybe, yeah, maybe because it kind of sells out to the concept of a happy ending. Oh, mm, maybe. maybe. Maybe that's, because like he becomes a vampire and it's like, usually there's really no coming back from that. Yeah. Like you're a camp vampire yeah. and you're undead forever and that's the, your I suppose life so. and that's, you know. But, like, it's a little different at the end of this movie. You know yeah. what I mean? Potentially, yep. yeah. That's true. I don't know. Hmm. Additionally, Diane Weiss's character was described as a dopey mom by Karen James of the New York Times. Aww. 
and Bernard Hughes' character was described as a caricature of a feisty old grandpa. Huh. She thought the movie was more of a comedy than a horror. I mean, the movie is funny. Yeah. I yes. wouldn't say she's a dopey mom. Though. No, me I, neither. I would agree. I can see where that perspective comes from because she's just kind of like going through it, yeah. saying like, oh, you're just making it up. Yeah. Yeah. But it's understandable that she's a yeah. recently divorced mm-hmm. mother of two yeah. Yeah. who's just trying to make it mm-hmm. and happens to meet you know, at the time, a nice guy who could become something. Who, who knows? ends yeah. up being... You know. Yeah. But, you know? Yeah. but besides yeah. that, she's doing what's best for her in this yeah. scenario. You know, so we can't call her anything. You know, you gotta think, she's like, I just... These kids did not want to move here. They'd probably be coming yeah. up with all kinds of reasons to not stay yeah. here. Like, I mean, <laughs> really, theoretically, like, like, think about it logically. Like, would yeah. you believe your kid? Right. If right. your kid was... Right. I mean, I would be like, okay, something's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We could report something. something. But, I mean... Vampires. I, yeah. Vampires, yeah, like, I don't know about that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And she's doing, like a good job as a mom yeah. in this scenario. Yeah. Like, it, she can clearly see that, especially with Michael, that something is up because mm-hmm. he's always out yeah. during yep. in the evening and he comes home late and he sleeps all day. Like, she tries. There's a scene yeah. where she tries to sit him down and talk to him. Like, yeah. she's like, are we still friends? Can we talk? Yeah. Like, what's going on? And then, obviously, he does his teen boy thing oh, and just, yeah. like, sloughs it off. Yeah. yeah. But, like, you can't blame her for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The other the other thing about the feisty grandpa though is mm-hmm. quite on point. I'd say. Yes. Yeah. The film won three out of the eight awards it was nominated for, including the Saturn Award for Best Horror Film. Woo! Yay! Saturn Award. The others were both Young Artist Awards for Best Young Actor in a Horror Motion Picture, Corey Feldman, and Teenage Favorite Horror Slash Drama Motion Picture. Yeah. Nice. Some pretty good stuff. The Lost Boys is recognized for changing how vampires are portrayed in popular culture and giving the vampire genre a more youthful appeal. For example, it could be said that later shows and movies like Buffy the Vampire Slayer were inspired by this. Buffy was definitely inspired by this. The look of the vampires in Buffy is so Mm -hmm. similar Mm -hmm. to how the vampires look in this movie. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Like, it, I mean, it was lifted right from yep. this movie. The yep. like the the prominent features, like the cheekbones. Yeah, like, we talked about those lines in the face mm-hmm. and like the red eyes. Yeah, very much. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a teenager. Whoop! I'm a, I'm oh. actually a vampire. You know, like, <laughs> very. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can definitely. Definitely see the resemblance. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, and more beside that too. Yeah, I mean. We mentioned Twilight a while ago. Mm-hmm. Sure, not quite the same. Twilight's but, uh, not the same because the vampires never really look scary in Twilight. Yeah. Right, but it's but it definitely is like down the yes. river of this kind yeah. of like change in vampire culture. Yes, you know? yeah, where it's like they're just like you and me. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. It would continue to garner fans with the release of a novelization of the film, comic books based on the Frog Brothers, and two straight-to-DVD sequels. All right. Wow. Yeah. I am very interested in the Frog Brothers comics. Yeah. yeah. Because I want to see them get into some other vampire slaying antics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be really cool. Yeah. So we're going to talk about some fun facts. Ooh, oh, fun boy. Facts, fun facts. Fun facts. 
Before selecting the final cast, Schumacher and renowned casting director Marion Doherty reportedly sat through numerous auditions with eager young performers. Ben Stiller claimed to be one of those newcomers. At the Hollywood Life Young Hollywood Awards in 2010, Stiller reportedly commented, The last time I saw a room full of so many talented faces was when I auditioned for The Lost Boys. It was between me, Kiefer, and the two Corys. Oh, oh boy! <laughs> and Kiefer and the two Corys both got the part, so he's the only one that didn't make yep. it. Sorry, oh, buddy. <laughs> he didn't have enough horror to his comedy, huh? <laughs> I guess so, but I mean, he's still he ended up being in a lot of stuff anyway. Yeah. So. Warner Brothers held a research screening of the movie in Long Beach before it was released. About 750 people attended, and the crowd was akin to a rock concert. Schumacher said that some of the viewers got so worked up. They ripped the stuffing out of their seats. Oh my gosh. Wow. I could not imagine <sighs> getting so hyped up that I would wreck personal property of wherever yeah. I am. Like that. That's wild. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder I mean, why. This is like, I mean, this was the first time they were seeing something like this. Too, yeah, you know? that's true. But yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah. I, I mean. Just yeah, the wild. reveal. <laughs> the reveal of the vampires, I guess. Probably. Yeah. Because like. Because and it's seeing kept... people like teens yeah. seeing themselves oh, represented yeah. on screen for the yeah, first time, like, kind of that as too. they are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Because it's like, as far as the vampires go, they are kept kind of under wraps. Yeah, for a long time. Yeah, until Michael starts to change. But even then, mm-hmm. they still haven't like truly revealed themselves as vampires. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's like yeah. what the the whole beach attack scene. Yeah, is when it's like. And here we are, he, full yeah, reveal vampires. Yep. So, uh, David, the uh, key for Sutherland's character, yeah, uh, wears gloves to hide that Sutherland broke his wrist during filming. Ironically, given that the young vamps are bikers, Sutherland sustained his injury after falling off of his own motorbike. Oh, yeah, what a fool! He was a he was a biker. What are the odds? Yeah. You know, yeah, which. That scene with the sand, they said, was incredibly dangerous to, to actually yeah. do because sand yeah. is Yeah, because they're not like a... built for sand. I, mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually thought about that while it was happening. I was <laughs> yeah. like, that doesn't seem safe. <laughs> yeah. And it's yeah. the middle of the night and they're going super fast yeah. and it looked like there were people on that beach. Mm-hmm. It's bad. It's yeah. all yeah. right. Very bad. Yeah. Very bad. Yeah. Schumacher said that if it were made today, they would probably have to have them wear bicycle helmet or not bike helmets. Yeah. 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 Um, at, but that he was like, it was, it was just so much cooler without helmets. Right. I mean, I mean yeah. <laughs> but he's a big proponent. I mean, like, he's nowadays, like, please wear helmets. But yeah, nowadays they wouldn't have had them like they wouldn't have Actually, had them on the beach at all. That's true. They like they're, I think mm-hmm. they probably would have at least had them on a, a hard track. And yeah. like CG Made the it beach look in, like, yeah. yeah, yeah, or yep. just some kind of perspective trick where there's a dune in front of the track, so we yeah. don't see it, and then just yep. edit in like some particles of yeah. sand. Yeah, yeah, they would probably do it yeah. that way. Yeah. There's, I mean, they would do some work around. Too dangerous. So, any remaining thoughts about this ridiculous <laughs> '80s romp <laughs> that we love? If, if there ever was one, it <laughs> this, was this one. <laughs> this movie is just so much fun. I really yeah. enjoy it. I love that, you know, there there are actors from other 80s movies that I like, mm-hmm, and it mm-hmm. just feels, I don't know, it just belongs, <laughs> like, in yes. the 80s movies. Yeah, yeah. I, I love how 1980s it is. I was not alive in the 80s, <laughs> so this is how I get to experience it mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> by watching these movies. Yep. <laughs> yes. Uh, 
And so, yeah, I don't know. I, I really like the whole thing. I love the Frog Brothers. I think that the way they set up vampires in this was really smart. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think it's so cool that it really influenced... Vamp teen vampire media <laughs> mm-hmm. from that point on. Still, yeah. like I mean, it's probably influenced so many books and mm-hmm. movies yeah. and TV shows, and so just so many different things. Exactly. It's not like to me. It's not like laugh out loud funny, mm-hmm. but it is so ridiculous that you can see the humor in <laughs> yeah. the movie. Yeah, and, and especially with a group of friends. Yeah, you'd mm-hmm. be be laughing for sure. Yeah, yeah. Just out of the absurdity of it. <laughs> but it's great that it has such a lasting influence because you really can't see it. And like I said at the beginning of this episode, now that I have seen it, I understand how it all began. <laughs> yeah. You know, because yep. without it, you're just like, okay, I guess like, vampires uh, are like this. Yeah. But, but seeing where it first happened, mm-hmm. it's like, Okay, this ah. I see the transition now because yeah. yep. I don't think it would have happened anywhere else. It had to happen in an '80s movie like this. Mm-hmm. It had to happen in a place where they were like punks and and outs, you know, yeah, outsiders, outsiders, yeah. yeah. Because otherwise, it it would have felt right. too much of a whiplash change. You it's know? the continuing of the horror tradition where it's like you know, you know, these people can be on screen. But it's got to be a horror movie, you know. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's like that type of stuff, yes. you know. It's like, you know, seeing the kids dress in punk and do all of yep. that stuff. It's like, well, if they're a gang of vampires, it makes sense, you know. But right. if it was like a regular, no normal kid would do that, right? Yeah. Yeah. No. So it's such a you know, but that's just like kind of, but like it's how horror has always been. That's like yep. it's like the entryway, it's mm-hmm. the gateway mm-hmm. for counterculture to just yep. you know. And so make it into the mainstream. Yeah. That's why it's had such, like horror in general has had such a lasting impact on on just pop culture because there are horror elements that seep into everything. I mean, even something as cookie cutter, clean slate as Disney products will have horror elements in them. I'm not saying they're going to have monsters and vampires and gore, but yeah. The spooks are there, man. There's been Disney so, stuff that referenced this movie. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, starting out as a counterculture thing, but yeah. it has fully yeah. become mainstream. Yep. I mean, sure, it's may- maybe towards the edge of mainstream still, because not yeah. everyone likes horror. Yeah. But it's there. The Lost Boys delivers on its promise for a fun teen romp with just enough horror to keep the audience on its toes. It completely submerges viewers into the 1980s with a cast of future stars before the launch of their careers. The 1980s was clearly a great decade for horror, with campy classics like A Nightmare on Elm Street and Evil Dead 2 finding their places in the hearts of the viewers for decades to come. Funny enough... Nightmare on Elm Street was immediately recommended after I finished this one. Oh, nice, yep. But when The Lost Boys hit the big screen, it scratched an itch that other teen horror films hadn't. It had been over half a century since Universal's Dracula, and vampire movies weren't popular. The movie changed that by creating a new kind of vampire, one that wore modern clothing, had an updated sex appeal, and appealed to the modern world. In some ways, The Lost Boys changed the aesthetic of the modern film vampire and altered the vampire horror subgenre altogether. 
I guess you could say that this fantastic movie hasn't lost its appeal. (laughs) 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 Oh, man. Great times. Thank you all so much for listening. And I guess that is going to be a case closed. Yeah, baby. We did it. On a roll. Thank you all so much for continuing to listen to us through this fantastic month of spooky movies. If you would like to find our other stuff, especially the history of horror, universal monsters, and other episodes like that, go to blackcasediaries.com or any other podcast listening platform. You'll find them all. And before we go, we'd like to thank our patrons, John, JD, Anthony, Shelly, Bob, Jaron, and Jacob. You guys... Rock the house down. <laughs> All right. Or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we hope you enjoyed the extended version of this episode, only available on patreon.com slash Diaries. We will see you all next time. Goodbye. <laughs> Thou shalt not Come on down! <laughs> <laughs>